This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. This is Michael here, and today I've got Jesse Walker on the line. Hey, Jesse, how are you? Awesome, Michael. How about you, brother? I am great. I am great. We met at the New Media Summit back in February of 2019. Uh, it's amazing how much time flies between then and, and the day that we're recording, but I, I trust you've been well, and um, that was a great experience for you attending that conference. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, I met a lot of really cool people, including yourself. Um, it was the first time I've attended a conference like that with you know, a lot of influencers and a lot of other people that are passionate about you know, what they do and sharing their message. And it was, it was really cool, man. But really, really glad we got to meet up. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Yeah, you meet some absolutely amazing human beings at that event. And it's, uh, for those that have never been, I highly recommend you go to it. Um, and it's, it's, it's one of those life-changing type of places. So your story, and we talked about this briefly uh, before we started, we've got some similarities when it comes to um, our health um, at you know, age 40 and, um, and the changes that we've made since then. So uh, fill us in on you know, your story, what you're doing, um, and you know, Fit Beyond 40. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as you said, my, my brand is Fit Beyond 40. I really, really focus on helping, you know, busy professionals or people that are, are middle-aged really rediscovering their health and not just for the aesthetic, not just about looking good, but really more about for being there for their families for, you know, for as long as possible, their, their best selves. And that comes from, you know, my own personal histories we were talking about. So I was one of those kids growing up where I was, I was overweight. And so I grew up in the 70s. In the 70s, of course, childhood obesity isn't where it is now. So it wasn't quite as common. And I was definitely picked on a lot for it. So in my teens and 20s, I struggled with my weight, just kind of trying to keep it in check. And I did a pretty good job. But then what happens is as you get older and busier and you have families and your work's taking over your life, more and more, more and more sort of obstacles get in your way. And one day for me, I just woke up and I was obese. I had high blood pressure. I was, was pre-diabetic. Um, I'd already had surgery from, uh, from chronic inflammation. Just all kinds of things were going on with my body. And my daughter was born when I was 43, you know, so I'm an old father. And what really kind of triggered me was thinking about well, what, what life is going to be like 20 years in the future when my daughter is only 20 years old, but I'm 63 and I've already got all these health issues. So am I going to be here for her? And also what kind of me is going to be here for her? Or is it going to be, am I going to be somebody that she's going to have to take care of? You know, so really I just kind of had to hit sort of a, a healthy rock bottom, if you, if you want to call it that. And, and then, uh, and, and that was what really made, made me able to make that turn. Yeah, it's very similar to my story. You know, when I had my cardiac event at, at 40 and, you know, realized, wait a minute, you know, I've got three young daughters at that particular moment and, and, and realized, okay, um, this is not how I, one, had hoped things would be. And then more importantly, it's not what I wanted to be. So it's, I find this and I talk with people, especially with my cardiologists and other people on how rare and how difficult it can be, you know, for people like us to make those changes 
to make ourselves, you know, have a better life, both physically and mentally. Um, and they go hand in hand. And, you know, I, as a child, I grew up in the seventies as well and was, uh, designated as Husky, if you remember that phrase. Um, and you know, so, and, and I get picked on too. And, you know, I, obviously didn't enjoy that as a child. And, you know, those are things that can carry on into your adult life, even though subconsciously, um, just from confidence and everything else. But, you know, once you, once you make a a stand, you say, okay, I need to take better care of myself and I need to figure out how to do it. Um, It's not an overnight thing. And I always tell people that, and I'm sure you do too. It's like, you didn't put this weight on overnight. Um, You're not going to lose it overnight. You're not going to keep it off overnight. If you just go about it, expecting a, a band-aid or a magic pill approach it's it's there's there's things and there's techniques and uh, a combination of things when worked together make for uh, some amazing transformation absolutely so you know tell us a little bit more about you know fit beyond 40 and you know the work that you do and in in the type of people i know you alluded to it before and, and who you work with but you know what are some of the things that you you work with people on to to one get them past that initial hurdle of recognizing that yes they can you know improve their their physical and, and mental health after age 40 and beyond that's a great question so for me i, I like to point out to people that your health I look at I look at lifelong health as like a like a table, and there are there are four legs really to it. You've got you have the training, you know, the working out, then you have nutrition, but then the other two legs are habits and mindset. And I find that if you don't have all four legs, sure you may be able to hit the the intermediate goal, which may be I just want to lose twenty pounds. You may be able to hit that goal, but really what the trick is is being able to hit the goal and sustain that for the rest of your life. And I find that if you don't have all four of those legs in place, then most people are not able to sustain it. You know, the stat in this country is that 95% of the people that start a diet either never hit their goal or it never works for them, you know, meaning they just gain all the weight back or more. And personally, in my history, I've suffered through that as well, where I've tried these diets, lost a lot of weight, and then gained it all back. But so when I'm with my clients, I just explain to them, you've got to do all four of these pieces. And so when I'm coaching them, we're, we're, I'm doing customized coaching based on each one of those legs. And it's crucial because, again, I, I, I've seen the same thing even personally and, you know, with people that I, that I know, you know, where they've you know, lost a ton of weight and um, gain it right back. Uh, because I, I actually worked with a, a physician many years ago. And he was a weight expert. You know, he did a lot of studies and went to a variety of uh, universities in, in the U.S. And you know, one of the things that he said to me that really connected was our bodies and our brains. Mm-hmm. Basically, when we get to our highest weight, our body and our brain thinks, okay, this is the weight that we're supposed to be at. So when you lose that weight, your body oftentimes is trying to get back to that weight. It's like, wait a minute, this is not normal where I'm at now. I need to get right. back to, you know, 245 pounds and I don't weigh that anymore. Uh, but it, you know, the body's going, wait a minute, that's, that's, that's the new number. So we got to hit that. And it's like, that's not the aim high that we want people. <laughs> we don't want that. We want, we want the right weight for us. And again, that's, 
that's another thing too. Everybody thinks, well, I should be at this weight because of this height and all this stuff. It's like, well, there's more to it than that. Significantly. And <laughs> go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I was going to say, there's a, there's a lot of misinformation and, and a lot of it's because of the media, you know, what the media is pushing on us is, you know, lose 40 pounds in 40 days and all this stuff. And what people don't realize is that when you lose 40 pounds in 40 days, you're not losing 40 pounds of fat. You're losing 40 pounds of fat, water, and muscle. And the muscle is the critical part. And what they also don't understand is when you lose 40 pounds of weight, your metabolism slows down. And there's really where that cycle starts to kick in. A lot of people aren't aware of that. So if you're 240 pounds, but now you're 200, and a lot of that weight you lost is muscle mass as well, it's going to take less calories to keep you alive and move you than it did at 240. So if you go back to eating the way you're eating before, you're just going to gain all that weight back and more. It's just, it's a, it's a vicious cycle. So people really need to learn how fat loss works and then how to sustain it for their lives. And that's where I, where I think, um, you know, we're really, we're really helpful. So what are some of the techniques you, you go with people or help people on with that particular component of just the weight loss component? What, what are some common things that you see people doing or that they've tried that aren't working? I mean, yes, I know you mentioned the, you know, the 40 pounds in 40 days things, uh, yeah. but you know, what are some other things that you see people uh, failing at um, that's, you know, keeping them at the weight that they want or, or restricting, you know, the amount of weight that they do want to take off? Oh, there's that, that's a hard one because there, there, there are several big issues and, you know, different people have different ones. So I'll mention a couple. Um, nutrition is the biggest one in not understanding nutrition and energy balance for their bodies. Uh, and what I mean by that is you'll, you'll talk to a lot of people and they'll say, you know what, I eat super healthy. I don't know why I can't lose this weight. And the problem is that we're told things like, well, if all we're eating are bananas and, and cantaloupes and all these sort of things, and we're just naturally going to be healthy, so the weight should just be falling off of us and that sort of thing. Or the media will say, well, because this is natural sugar, it's completely different from processed sugar, so now you're healthy. But none of these things have anything to do with energy balance. They only have to do with, well, the, these, these fruits and vegetables have more nutrients than these processed sugars. But your body is also looking for energy balance to really make that, to really make that shift. So we teach people how to really look at their food and understand what's going into their bodies and how it's going to affect them personally because there isn't a one size, you know, fits all sort of solution. Um, other things that people are confused about is what sort of training do I really need? And a lot of people are saying, well, you know, really all you need to do is just walk. And if you just walk, you're going to be super healthy. Okay. So the problem I have with that is that yes, walking is better than nothing. But part of the reason that we gain so much weight as we get older is yes, because of less activity, but also because of lost muscle mass. Walking, unfortunately, is not of exercise that is stressful enough to really create muscle growth in your body. So as you get older, if all you're doing is walking, yes, you're burning more calories than you would be if you weren't walking, but that's really not going to help you stoke your metabolism. You know, so people have to figure out what sort of exercises will work for them, but they have to include some resistance training so they can build some muscle mass. And then the other thing is people say, well, I don't have enough time. 
And so again, now we have to work with people's schedules and get them to make health and fitness part of their lifestyle as well. So there, there are a lot of components. So I'm not telling anybody out there it's, it's easy, um, but it is simple. You know, once you just understand the basic things need to be done, um, it becomes pretty simple. Yeah, I've always heard that time complaint and I, I and I made that same excuse. Yeah, I'll fully admit it. But then I realized, okay, when you start tracking your time and what you spend time on, yes. If you can't find 30 minutes out of your day to take care of yourself, then what are you doing? Um, yes. because if you don't take care of yourself and in your story, you knew this, you know, with, you know, with the weight gain and, you know, diabetes potential and, you know, it was, and, and of course, then you're looking at a lifetime of being on medication, which not only is expensive, but the side effects of things are, uh, quite frankly, uh, annoying at minimum, depending on how you react to things, you know, cause like mm -hmm. the, the heart medication, that I was on uh, for a long time um, felt a lot of fatigue. So it, it was, uh, you, you thought, you know, getting motivated to go work out and exercise was problemsome enough. Toss in, you're just naturally tired and wiped out and drained because of the medications you're taking because that's a side effect of, of, at least for me on, on those things. And, you know, as I was taking those medications, you know, I, I thought to myself, okay, lifespan everything goes as well I, I probably got at least another 40 years in me mm -hmm. I don't want to spend the next 40 years being drained and tired because of this medication so I need to make some significant improvements and get my butt off of these medications and you know, get get the health right with proper nutrition proper exercise proper rest uh, proper boundaries so you don't burn out and stress out over or things in life. And again, it's you're one body, but we are very complex. If anybody paid half attention in chemistry or biology class, you know, our, our human bodies are so dynamic. And so how things work together, you know, I often joke with people, I'm thankful that, you know, we automatically breathe because I think some of us would forget <laughs> to. <laughs> And, and there's been days where I probably would have forgotten to breathe too. It's like, oh, don't forget to breathe. You know, that's something you probably want to do. Uh, and it's helpful. It, it does. Yeah. It, it's got some good benefits to it. Uh, <laughs> and that's for sure. Uh, so, so the people you're working with, you know, when they, when they finally start seeing some, you know, those goals uh, be met, do you find that it, they're more motivated at that point to continue and move on and, and, and continue down the path of, you know, trying different things to, you know, really get, get their optimum health? Or do you, do you see them kind of, kind of say, okay, I'm good. And then they kind of settle into their old habits. Right. That's, that's an excellent question. So, so there's, there, there's a confidence loop, you know, so what happens as you start to get in shape, People, other people will recognize you're, that you're in shape and they'll ask you things like, what are you doing? And, and you look great and those sort of things. And then it, with that confidence, it kind of spurs you to keep going. But what I've found, and I'm sure what a lot of other people found, is just the aesthetic part of it usually isn't enough for us, especially as we get older, because there's so many other things going on. So what really helps people 
in my programs continue on in the future is that we build habits around the health. So instead of, okay, here's, a, here's what you're going to do for the next 12 weeks just to drop all this weight. And then at the end of the 12 weeks, you, you know, you're kind of on your own to figure out what you want to do after that. Instead, it just becomes a whole lot of, okay, well, these are the habits that I've built over that are going to support my health for the long run. And as you know, when you build rituals and habits, it makes it much easier to stick with things for the long run because like breathing, you no longer have to think about them. And also we tie that, of course, to a why. And, you know, you understand the power of why. So if really your reason why is just so you can have six pack, you know, six pack and look good on the beach. Again, after you're 45, 50, you're married, you're just not going to care about that. I mean, not as much as you did when you were 20. But if your why is like ours is, we have young children, we want to make sure we are there for them. And we know that if we don't take care of this now, then maybe they're going to have to start taking care of us because of something we didn't do. That why really helps motivate me. Everybody that, that really wants to have long-term health is going to need to find out what their why is and tap into that because there are going to be things that are going to pop in the way. There are going to be reasons to, quote, not go to the gym, but they can't be real reasons. I mean, for me, that would have to be the same reason. That, that would have to be something like not going to work or not using the bathroom or not taking a shower. All these things are part of my life. So health and fitness are just as integral as those. They're not an option. They're part of my life. Yeah, when you make them part of your life, it makes such a huge, huge difference. And, you know, I know it from, on you know, how I feel, my energy levels. You know, I don't need to use anything to boost my energy. Will I drink coffee? Yes, but I don't drink anywhere near the amount that I did years ago. Uh, and, and you know, my nutrition, I know what foods agree with me and what ones don't. I know which ones, if I eat them, you know, I'll be able to sustain you know, the energy levels throughout the day. So I don't run into that afternoon crash. Like you see it every, you see it every conference you go to, you know, say so they load you up with carbs and all this other stuff. And then at the 30 <laughs> break, you see coffee and cookies and all that stuff. So it's like, okay, yeah, this is why we're drained at the end of conferences because we're not eating foods that can help us sustain, you know, sitting in a, a conference room for eight or more hours. So it's, it, uh, but you know, I, again, I go to conferences all over the place and mm -hmm. haven't found very many that will actually have something like, wow, that actually looks like something that has got some nutritional value to it. Wow. Interesting. So a yeah. lot of times you got to bring your own, which if you're traveling uh, is easier said than done. But uh, again, these are all these are all techniques and, and that I'm sure you you coach on as well for, especially for executives and people that do a lot of travel as well. No, absolutely, and and you bring up an interesting point. Like you've you've figured out what foods work for you and your body so that you can maintain this. Most people have no awareness of what goes in their mouth. Most people just eat unconsciously, you know, and then there's no there's no planning at all. You know, so maybe they'll wake up in the morning, they'll just grab whatever they want for breakfast. Maybe that's sort of ritualized because they're in their house. But once they're out, they're like, okay, well, what are we going to have for lunch today? And they asked around the office and then everybody kind of picks something. They all order from someplace. You study the menu for 30 minutes and waste time. And then you get some food and you just wolf it down. And then same thing when you get home. Hey, what do you guys want for dinner? Then you figure it out. You know, so there's no, there's, there's really no awareness. It's just whatever you want at that point in time. And there's nothing wrong with still being able to eat the foods that you want, but there needs to be 
some sort of control and awareness. And again, that also will help the people that say, well, I'm eating healthy all the time. I don't know why I can't lose weight. It's all tied together. Yeah. It's amazing how interconnected things are. And it's, and, and I think that's why it, there isn't a quote unquote magic pill because sure. we're all unique and what would work for, even if we had a twin, what would work for the twin wouldn't necessarily work for us. Um, very similar genetics, and all that kind of good stuff. But um, you can, I, I've seen it, you know, where it's like, yeah, I, this impacts this person more than this one. And this person can, you know, eat all these types of, of different foods and is not bothered by it where this one looks at it and, you know, they, you know, they're like, wow, it's, you know, turn me into having celiac disease if I look at that, you know, so right. it's, it, it's amazing again, how unique we are. And, and, and the key thing is to, to get an understanding. And, and again, that's why, you know, tracking your time is one thing that I always recommend people do, but I also say track your, what you're eating and also your energy levels and how you feel, because that's yeah. how I figured out a lot of things. You know, I, I have a potato allergy and, you know, when oh. I was, when I was tested for it, I actually told, you know, the, the people, I said, can you test to see if I have a potato allergy? And they looked at me kind of like a, a, a puppy does and tilts their head and they look and go, huh? I said, test it. And, you know, so they're doing it and they go, well, what do you know? I'm like, what? So you're allergic to potatoes. I said, and they said, how did you know that? I mean, do you have any type of reaction? I said, for me, it's mild. I would get you know, what was similar to nasal congestion uh, mm -hmm. when I eat uh, potatoes. So, uh, I just thought, you know, I think I'm allergic to potatoes and sure enough. So it's like, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get my starches in other ways. Uh, but you know, there's, you know, I'm, I'm sure McDonald's is not going to go out of business because I don't eat potatoes. So <laughs> no, I think they're going to be okay, but yeah. I feel sorry for you. So no more fries at all. Huh? You can you eat sweet potatoes. I can eat sweet potatoes. Um, I will eat fries occasionally, but a very, a very moderation. You know, I don't sure. eat a ton of them. Um, and again, it really depends. It's, it's interesting where sometimes I'll notice the congestion and other times I don't. So I, I got to dig in more because I'm guessing there's something, either the type of potato potentially uh, and or um, how it was prepared could be part of it too. Um, so yeah, it's a social experiment that I will do on myself um, over time, you know, amongst the other things that I'm doing. So, Jesse, I've enjoyed our conversation today and you know, love the work that you're doing. And again, thankful that I, I met you at the, at the conference. So where can people find out more about you and the awesome stuff you're doing? Sure. So they can visit my website. It's Fit Beyond 40 and 40 is spelled out. So it's fitbeyond40.life, L-I-F-E. And I'm also giving away a free copy of my book, Fit Beyond 40. And they can get a copy of that at fitbeyond40book.com. Awesome. And audience, I'll have all that information in the show notes. So, Jesse, great again to talk with you. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. My pleasure. Until next time, everybody, be well. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst-case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. 
If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get us a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.